You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. I've titled my message today, Before and After Christmas. And I want to read a passage from Isaiah 9, verse 6, where it says, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Before there was a Hebrew people, before there was a Jewish nation, before Moses, before Joshua, before Jesus, before Christianity, before churches, there was one man, and his name was Abraham. And Abraham received a promise from God that in his offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Now, Abraham didn't know how that was going to happen. He didn't know when or how that was going to happen. When he received that promise, he only had one child. child was about 12 years old, and he had that promise in his life. Now, years passed. That family, that one child became 70, about 70 people who moved to Egypt during a famine. 400 years later, they, become, they became over 600,000 people. And if you know the story, Moses rescued them from slavery through 40 years in the desert where they became a nation without land. Joshua conquers the land. David solid, solidifies the kingdom. Solomon builds a beautiful temple. And here is this nation becoming a, a mighty force on the earth. But there's still a promise to be fulfilled. And 2,000 years after that Abraham received that promise, there was a teenage girl living in Israel and an angel appears to her, giving her a promise that a boy would be born. Even though she had no, no man, she received this promise from an angel. And, and today I want to take you through the story, but I want you to place yourself in Joseph's shoes today. Just look at the story from Joseph's perspective. There is Joseph, a man, ordinary man, engaged to this lady who is promised to him as a wife and she tells him that an angel appeared to her and that she was with child what would you say if if it happened to you huh i know what i would say i would say mary babe babe i don't know what kind of tea you've been drinking I don't know, maybe you, you got the wrong kind of herbs from our garden, but I don't think an angel appeared to you because we have, maybe your parents forgot how to tell you the birds and the bees conversation. Maybe they didn't quite got it through, but we have figured out how babies are born. We know how babies are born. In fact, as your fiance, I insist that no angel be involved in that process, right? 
And, but there's a problem. The belly begins to grow. She actually is pregnant. And now Joseph has a decision to make. Does he believe the story that sounds like a fable? It's not even necessary to fulfill the promise that they've been holding on. Or does he believe or does he leave? Because he had, he had the right to just leave that relationship. Well, the scripture says that Joseph was a just man. That means that he followed the law. That means that he knew the law. And that through, in the law, he had the ability to shame her. He could publicly shame her. He could expose her. I don't know if, you, if you've read scriptures, there's a passage, a very well-known passage in the book of John where an adulterous woman is caught in the act of adultery and they bring her to Jesus with stones in, the, in their hands to punish her. So Joseph knew what was at his disposal in this situation. But scripture says that he decided to divorce her quietly. Because he cared for her, he decided to go through the process of divorce quietly. He was going to go to the proper authorities and terminate the engagement. The only logical explanation to this is that he did not believe her. Joseph did not believe the story. And here's what scripture tells us about what happened next. But as he considered these things, considering the divorce... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, this gets exciting because Joseph actually was not told that he needed to marry her. He had the option still. All the angel said is this. She's not crazy. She's not making it up. She's actually kept her vow to you. Now, don't, don't be afraid of taking on this challenge. There's something that began to happen after this in Joseph's life that has a close relationship. A close, there, there's a similarity to what happens to you and I as we receive Christmas in our lives. When Joseph who was the witness to Christmas for the very first time, when he went through that process of Christmas, he experienced certain things very literally. He experienced things literally that you and I get to experience in a less literal way, but they are just as meaningful and just as powerful. So now imagine this. Joseph is an ordinary man, just a regular guy, living his life, trying to have an ordinary life. He's ordinarily engaged to a, a teenage girl, and they're promised to be married. Although he has royal blood in his veins, he is the descendant of David, it doesn't seem like he lives a royal life or that he's wealthy at all because his profession, we don't know much about him, but we know that he used to be a, a carpenter, and that's a peasant's profession. So he wasn't wealthy. He was simply trying to go through life honoring what he thought was right. He was a just man doing the right thing, trying to keep his life and his lineage going. And then this promise arrives in his life in a very unusual way. And I imagine Joseph, when Jesus was born, having, now allow me some elasticity in the story here, okay? I imagine Joseph having a play date with other parents. 
taking Jesus to Chuck E. Cheese. They'd had Chuck E. Cheese back then, right? Isn't cheese over 2,000 years old? The concept of cheese, at least. They had some sort of Chuck E. Cheese, all right? I, I just like to believe that. And Joseph goes like, can you see this, guys? This child is really, really special. No parent have, has ever said that, right? This child is really special. You know, he, he was conceived in a very unique way. I wasn't even there. It was the Holy Spirit. He is really special. He ha he has, he's the promised child. Just imagine the other parents going like, what? What are you saying, Joseph? He's a regular kid. He drools like the other kids. Can barely crawl. There he is, just like another kid. He has hands and feet and flesh and bones, just like any other child. And when this life of Jesus, drawing the parallel here, contacts our life. And if you've been through this, you can, you can testify to this. It is conceived unlike any other thought and any other idea in this world. When you receive the life of Jesus, when Christmas happens to you, this thought, this life is deeper than any other thing that you may have experienced. And I imagine some of you trying to share this with family members or friends, and they look at you and they say, it's, it's just like any other religious experience. It's just like any other spiritual practice. It's just like any other discipline. It's just like any other baby. And you wish you could tell them, I, I want to share with you what I feel, what I've, what I've experienced. I want to share with you what happened on the inside. I'm a different person on the inside because of this life that has been born in me. But not everyone can see the difference. But the conception is very unique. It's unlike any other thought. Unlike any other idea. It's deeper than understanding. It's not just mind. It touches the core of who we are. And Jesus described it in a specific way. He said, it is abundant life. It is abundant life. And once that life was born, again, in Joseph's life, it was a very literal way. He actually had a baby to hold. But in you and I, there are a few things that happened in the story that happens to you and I too. After Christmas, after this life is born into you, after this life is born in me, the first thing that happens is that guidance comes. There's a sense of guidance. Guidance is awakened in us. It says in the scripture that the shepherds were out in the field. And angels came and told them the news that a new king, the promised child, the child that was going to bless the earth, was born. And here's what scripture says that happened next. The shepherds said to one another, Luke chapter 2 verses 15 and 16, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When Jesus is born in us, there's a sense of guidance that awakens in us. All of a sudden you make decisions differently. You look at the world differently. You are no longer lost. When Jesus' life is born in you, you and I are no longer lost. We have direction. Our soul is not thirsty anymore. Our hearts are not hungry anymore. 
We are complete. Next thing that happened, if you've seen a nativity scene in your life, you know what happened next. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, this must have surprised Joseph. To think that people would drive thousands of miles. How did they know that they had a baby? Some estimations say that it was over a thousand miles they, they traveled. And these wise men came to see Jesus. Here's what happens. And he, here's what happens to you and I after Christmas, after this life of Jesus is born in you. It summons wisdom. It attracts wisdom. And with wisdom comes resources. And there is a, a representation in this story. After um, the wise men came, they came with gifts. They came with resources to offer them to Jesus. You realize that wisdom serves the life of God in you. Wisdom serves this new life that's birthed in you. And uh, they, they offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Now, those three elements, there's a lot of uh, layers here that we could go, and, and there's a lot of, of meaning in what they have. But I want to give you three meanings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh that are tied with Old Testament scriptures and, and that have a, a meaning for you and I here today. The first one is gold. Obviously, it means provision. It means that when the life of Jesus is, is born in you, there's a promise of provision. He's not going to let you lack. He's going to take care of your needs. He's going to provide. The second thing is frankincense. Frankincense is incense itself. It's the, the incense, what they used to burn in the holy place. That means intimacy with God. There's a connection with God now that you have. There is a sense of the presence of God with you. You don't feel alone anymore. You have his life in you. And the third is myrrh. Myrrh was an oil that was used for healing. And here's the third thing that the life of Jesus brings to you after you've experienced Christmas and for its true meaning. Is that every broken place in your life, every hurt gets restored. Your soul gets put back together and you are made whole. That's the promise of Christmas. So you may be wondering why. Why do we spend all this time every year for 2,000 years or a little less now because Christmas was instituted a little later. But for all these years, we've been celebrating this Christmas. What, what does that mean? Well, for some of us in this world, Christmas is a little more than exchanging presents and pausing to reflect on Joy and peace. Christmas means a transformation from the inside out. It means that that life was, that was born in, unto Joseph 2,000 years ago can and is born into our hearts today here. And some of you, you've experienced that. You've experienced that life 
of Jesus in you, being born in you, and bringing with it guidance, bringing with it wisdom, bringing with it provision, bringing with it healing, direction, and a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, that you were made for a purpose, that you were here on this earth not by accident, but that you were designed and you have talents and gifts that are designed for a purpose, to bless others and to make this world better. Now, as the band gets ready to end, I want to remind you that before there ever was you, before you were ever here, Christmas happened. And for some of you, it's difficult for you to look at Christmas and look at this life of God without the other stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff nowadays that comes along with this idea of Jesus, this idea of a relationship with God. And you hear it through different channels. For some of you, it's always attached to organized religion. It's always attached to some form of, of practice and some form of ritual. And it's hard for you to look at both and, and see one and not see the other. And my encouragement to you is to just go back to the beginning today. Because before there was church, before there was religion, before there was ever Christianity or disciples, before there were services on a Sunday, which I'm for all that, those are the things that support this relationship with Jesus. But before all that, life was given to a baby. And this life represents wholeness, a relationship with God. A connection with God that gives you guidance. A connection with God that gives you wisdom. That helps you find purpose. And that happens apart from everything else that you may think religion or Christianity or Christmas is connected to. And I want to encourage you today to look at Jesus' life in you for what it is. It is abundant life. So if you're here this morning and you haven't had that experience yet, we're going to stand together in a minute and we're going to pray a prayer. But today is a, is, is a day where all over the world we're celebrating this idea of Christmas. This idea of a life that reveals something bigger than simply a baby being born. It means purpose. It means you and I finding our lives in God and finding wholeness and finding connection. So I want to ask you to stand, if you don't mind, with me as we get ready to close. And we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to thank, obviously, God for this amazing gift of life that he has given us through Jesus. But I want to ask you a question. Do you need guidance here today? Do you need wisdom? Have you been hurt by life? Have you been broken? Do you need his healing? Do you feel apart from God? Is there a sense of disconnection and loneliness? And could it be that you need Christmas in your life? Could it be that you need the life of God in you.
And this happens, like I said, in a very, very unique way, unlike anything else. We do services on Sundays because we come together to celebrate. We do connect groups because we believe that there's something powerful when people are connected to each other. And we believe in the scriptures and we believe in helping one another and, and, and breathing life into one another. But this, this, this begins before all that. It's a very, very unique thing that happens on the inside. And today I want to invite you to pray a prayer to start this relationship with God. Maybe you feel something in your heart that you need to, you need to start, you need to connect to God. And I just ask you that you pray together. I'm not going to put you on the spot. We're just going to pray this prayer. Everybody's going to pray here. But if this is your first time and, and you want that life in you, I just ask you to mean it with all your heart. Okay? Let's pray together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for your life. Thank you for coming into this world and bringing life, abundant life, and bringing healing. Thank you for bringing wisdom and guidance for our lives. I offer you my heart, my mind, my past, my present, my future, my talents, my mistakes, my achievements. I offer you all. And I ask you to come into my heart and bring this life more abundantly the promise that was given to Abraham of blessing I received this morning. Make you my Lord and my Savior. Amen.